Life Audio. Welcome back to another episode of Salty Saints Podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Randy and Mr. McKillia. This is episode 100. For, for nobody that was here for the names episode <laughs> has no idea what you're talking None. Uh, yeah, this is episode 100. 100. We've done this 100 times and it feels like 4 billion times. <laughs> and you know what? I'm excited. Um, before I talk too much... We're going to go have a quick word from our sponsors. But when we come back, we are going to talk about things. Stay tuned. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Okay, so episode 100, Randy. Are we going to talk to the Pope? We're not going to talk to the Pope. Um, turns out it's hard to get a hold of the Pope. Yeah, I mean, and, and what I mean by that is I didn't even try to get a hold of the Pope. <laughs> Uh, that was nowhere on my list of things to do. This has been a busy week. We are one man down because he is on sabbatical here at the office. So we are all just a smidge more busy than usual. And uh, we, we've we kicked around a lot of ideas. We talked about very interesting things. We were going to look up the hundredth verse <laughs> in every book of the Bible. And, and it, then we came to Genesis, the first book. <laughs> It, it quickly turned into this is going to be the most boring episode of any podcast. It was in the like, and Jabal was born, and he is the father of those who raised animals. Yeah, and first of all, what you just oh, said, boy. that's a lie, because we made it as far as Exodus before we determined we did. that it was not we going did. to work. Exodus was just as bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was like, oh, this isn't going to work. I kind of wondered if it was going to be like the Da Vinci Code or something, like, that if you read the hundredth verse of each book of the Bible, you get like some hidden message. Turns out you don't. No, so it makes no sense whatsoever. None, none. It's a terrible story at that point. All of which goes to prove that you should read the Bible in its context. There you go. Not just pull out the hundredth verse. Dude. Oh my gosh. So like, I mean, if, do you think there's people that like legitimately just what they do when it comes to reading the Bible is they just go find a random verse 
and then they just read it and then they're like, cool, I've received the wisdom from God today. And then they go on like if that's the only way you ever read the Bible, just imagine what it could be about. Oh, I know. You just read it all out of context. Oh, that'd be crazy. I actually did that one time. There was something that I was thinking about doing and I wasn't sure if I should do it. So I opened up the Bible and I put my finger down. I am not kidding. The verse was, go and do what you are thinking. So I went and I did it. I came back later and I read that. And that was Isaiah, who uh, I think he said something like that to Hezekiah. And he started out the door and then the Lord stopped him and said, no, go back. That's all wrong. And I thought, oh, no. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't read the Bible that way. No, 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 no. That's not what the Bible is about. So before we just digress and turn into any more chaos here, um, we we decided that for the 100th episode, we're not clever enough to come up with anything <laughs> to have to do with 100 episodes or to have some big nostalgia trip back. So this is just going to be another it's episode. It's just another episode. Is, yeah. But thank you for celebrating with us for the past, uh, what, five-ish minutes. A little That's been over, great. Yeah. A little over two years, people have been with us. It's been two years. Our first episode we dropped on June the 24th, 2020, I think. But honestly, for much of that time, look, we... we just kind of we wanted this thing to spread organically i hate social media and i'm not about to use it and so this thing is going to spread by word of mouth and the grace of god only <laughs> and you know what life audio contacted us weeks ago that's right and it's did. been going great and uh, we didn't reach out to them so i mean things are going pretty well so far and we're really just letting this thing happen and we yeah. appreciate that um with that said we thought long and hard like what do we talk about for this episode and we landed on violence it's been a really crazy summer. Now, it's, it's been a crazy summer all over the like United not States. not a good summer. But especially here in Indianapolis. Yeah. So, I mean, we we were talking about... I, I mean, so, you, you're all probably familiar with the shooting that just took place in the mall. The mall shooting uh, where the guy came in with, a, what they said, a long gun. I'm assuming that's an AR. Um, and he came in and how many people died? Five? Four? Five. Well, six with him. Yes. Did they, was that how many casualties there were? Or was that how many people were shot? There were six casualties. I think it was five with him. I think okay. there were five deaths. Six people were shot. Um, and then a good Samaritan steps up, uh, takes a shot from a, with a pistol from 40 yards, which is a heck of a shot. Kudos guy. Um, and saved. I, I don't know how, you know, how many people were saved in that Everybody process. Everybody else was in there. Because that gunman had hundreds of rounds on him. Right. Um, but that was in our town. That was here. Yeah. That was Greenwood, Indiana. That's like a mile and a half away. Yeah. I mean, I shop at that mall all the time. We had people in our congregation that were in that mall in minutes yeah. before that went down. They had just left that food court. We and had that's people. scary. That's insane, oh, man. That's so scary. And this one hit really hard. This one has affected me mentally um we've had a few this year that have affected me i mean what yeah do you want to talk about the other one a little bit yeah we actually had our uh, uh we happen to live in a county called johnson county the first homicide in johnson county actually attended our church yeah and uh the shooter also attended our church so um yeah and uh 
It was a murder-suicide. He killed her. He drove to Kentucky, and when they stopped him before they could come up to the to the window to talk to him, he pulled out his gun and he killed himself. And I, a lot of us are still reeling from that. Yeah, I mean, we we've just felt very affected by violence um, recently, and it's not just us. I mean, it's everywhere, but recently it's just been hitting a little closer to home for for us here in the Indianapolis area. And I, and look, Indianapolis is is no uh is no sweet innocent little city. I mean, no, we've got we're no. pretty high up there on the murder rates, aren't we? Well, it is Midwest. So I don't I don't think we're like New York, LA, or Chicago no, or something like that. But we're up there. But we're up there. Yeah, we're yeah. yeah. yeah I don't know. It, it so basically we wanted to we don't necessarily have like a, a structure here. We wanted to kind of reminisce on what is violence? Why does violence happen? What what should we be doing biblically in response to violence? Um, there's a lot of ways this could go. We just kind of wanted to mull over it. And this is probably, I don't know, maybe a therapy session for me and Randy <laughs> and probably our, our church a little bit too. Um, but I think anybody could, could benefit from this. I know it's the Bible, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know something that a verse that just came to mind uh, when when thinking over all this, when thinking about violence. Um, let me pull it up here. It's Jeremiah seventeen nine. The heart is deceitful above all things, and beyond cure, who can understand it? And that is really descriptive of of uh, the violent person, isn't it? I mean, yeah, but who, I mean, who can figure this out? Th- there's no, there's no understanding it. And this is what happens when you let your heart lead you. Yeah. And that's, that's so countercultural in a lot of ways because we're, you know, we grew up, follow your heart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen to yeah. your heart. Isn't that the song? Listen to your yeah. heart. Yeah. Um, and it's just not right. It's not, it's not biblical. It's not how we're to live. We're not to just go off of our, what our heart says we're supposed to live by the word of God. One of the other things that happens, uh, I, I guess I knew this, but it really, it, it was driven home. As I was trying to do research for this, I started looking, uh, pulling up websites, uh, asking for statistics on violence. So many of them are just incredibly politically motivated. Uh, you get not raw data, you get a slant on certain data well i mean that's the news i mean yeah. that's just what you're yeah. gonna get yeah we we journalism's dead if it was ever alive that it, i mean it's there's a bias in everything and we're kidding ourselves if we think we're gonna find the people who don't have a bias i, I think the most trustworthy sources you're gonna find are the ones that own their bias are the ones that'll yeah. look at you and say, "Yeah, this is how I this believe," is, and the things yeah. I'm telling you are probably going to reflect that. Those are probably your most trustworthy sources out there, just because they're saying it like it is. Yeah. Some of what I was able to pull up. Now, I'll, I'll, uh, I figured before we ever started, I, I was going to uh, uh, say what my source is. So this particular set of data comes out of the Pew Research Center, which. I think is by and large it's it's uh, pretty reputable. Um, violent crime from 1990 to 2019, 30 year time period, it decreased. It went down and it went down considerably. 
it decreased by as much as 70%. But what has happened is that in 2020 and 2021, it's climbing back up. It jumped in 2020 by 30% and in 2021 by another 5% on top of that. Now we're in the middle of 2022, so there's no statistics yet for this current year. But just looking around, it looks like we're still growing. Hmm. So based on that, what, what do you think happened? Because I know when we when you first said these numbers to me, the first words out of my mouth was, well, that's COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's COVID. Um, domestic violence is just through the roof. And that's why I say it's kind of hard to get statistics. I was looking for statistics on generic violence. And I would uh, open up an article that looked like it was about violence in general. And it ends up being just domestic violence. Now, just domestic violence. Domestic violence is a real issue. And it's horrible. But it but happens. it's a, it's a sliver of violence. But it is a sliver. It's, I mean, it's uh, uh, the largest segment of violence. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's not the majority because there's a lot of different kinds of violence out there between terrorism, robbery, um, kind of indiscriminate or or uh, unidentifiable violence. You, you can't really identify motive. The largest segment, it's about 38, 39%, I think, is domestic violence. And domestic violence is either uh, spouses, parents to kids, or between kids, uh, between siblings. Um, COVID had a horrible impact on that because if you have a case where you have an abuser and a victim, the last thing you want to do is lock them in a house together. And that's exactly what took place. You, you got to pair that, though, with the fact, too, that there's no more outlet for anybody. Like, right. That, that you you have lost all means of like venting. You've lost all means of of going out and and blowing off steam. Right, blowing yeah. off steam. Right, and and I'm not giving. I'm not trying to give an excuse to an abuser here. I'm not trying to say like, oh, had they just had an out, right, they right, would. Right. But it's like there were probably a lot of nonviolent people that maybe slipped into tendencies of violence over this course of time, um, because they were just confined. Like, and I think a big contributing factor to that is that we just, we need community. We yeah. need people around yeah. us. And yeah. COVID took that away. It did. And, you know, people could connect and we learned how to connect virtually. It wasn't the same. Though. And it's not the same. It's never the same. Um, in in some manners of, of connecting virtually, you can actually put up a different persona from who you really are. You mean that people can get on the internet and <laughs> pretend to be Go other figure. people? Go figure. <laughs> did you know? Did you know? So I, I, I occasionally listen to Joe Rogan. You can hate me for that statement or whatever, but I, I like hearing <laughs> I like hearing from somebody that doesn't think like me, and I respect the fact that he is just kind of true to his own thoughts. Um, but they made the statement that uh, 19 of the 20 top Christian websites were run by uh, Russian troll farms. Oh my goodness! That they were they weren't really Christian websites. They were run by Russia trying to mess with people. Yeah. What? That's insane. Pretending you think that's man. accurate? I believe it. Okay. Well, I mean, that's uh, much of like 
you see people arguing in comment sections on YouTube. That's most of that's trolling. A lot of that's bots, just smart bots or or trolls wow. um, that are trying to just trying to stir the pot. Yeah, just stir the pot and, and breed contempt between people. It's it's all part of the whole polarization thing. It's a it's a military tactic. And the reason I believe that, and going back to Rogan again, was he had I forget who he had on, but it was a uh, it was a Navy SEAL, and he was talking to him about all this. And he said, do you believe that? And he said, well, yeah, I believe it because we do it. We do it to them. We do it to them. Yeah, we do it to them. So, of oh. course, they're doing it to us. So, it's like, oh, crap. This is real. <laughs> like, yeah, it's scary. But yeah, pair that with the fact that you're stuck in your house with a bunch of screaming kids. And, like, you know what yeah, I mean? Like, exactly. People are losing their minds or were losing their and minds. stress is going up. And at the same time that you can't get to work. So, you're wondering about my paycheck. You know, is that going to be in? You know, there's just all kinds of stress and tension during COVID. High stress, higher violence. Yeah. I, and I'm trying to, like, just think on this, too. But, like, if you're a criminal during COVID, I mean, doesn't doesn't that just make everybody else kind of, like, sitting ducks? That it's like, well, wouldn't, it wouldn't certain types of crime become more yeah. easy to and pull off? And this mentioned that, certain types of, of crime. I kind of forget what it was. I didn't focus on that. But... Uh, there were certain type of crime that uh, uh, really did rose. Other types plummeted. Huh. You know, like sure. break-ins. Well, I yeah, mean, everybody's when, home, so you're not right, going to go to yeah, their house. Exactly. Right. But nobody's going to be at the store, so that's yeah. isn't that a more opportune time to rob the market down the street? You know what right, I mean? Like, right. I don't know. That's a thought. Interesting. Um, so, uh, one of the, one of the uh, things that, that came out of this uh, from 1990 to 2019 the amount of violence actually decreased in some cases by up to 70 percent but the common perception was that it was more violent in 2020 60 percent of americans said we are worse today than we were in 2019 or in 1990 so that's talking about the perception that's the perception, not okay. the reality. Okay. So at a time when violence was decreasing, people thought that it was increasing. And although this didn't say so, I kind of think that's because, you know, we've had a proliferation since 1990 of 24-7 news outlets. There are probably seven or eight different networks that I could go to and 24-7 news. It used to be there was one, CNN, hmm. and then your local station would do an hour news in the morning, an hour news at night, hour news at 11 o'clock before you go to bed. And that was it. Well, that's not the way it is anymore. Even We even have a local station here, four hours in the morning, uh, four hours in the evening, two hours at night. Um, and then you have a number of different, according to whatever bias you want, a number of different news networks. So when you have that much potential for news, what do you do? You go out and you find out about what's happening in this little segment of America. So I, it's happened to me. I'm sitting there watching the news and it's kind of in the background and I hear about a shooting. And, oh man, I look up. Oh, well, is it anybody I know who it ends up? It's in Oregon. Right. Because they're reporting on that. So we hear more about shooting today than we did in 1990. 
But that was because in 1990, a shooting in Oregon stayed in Oregon. It wasn't broadcast over the whole country. So now we're hearing about 50 states worth of violence. Well, that's because that's what gets you to watch. That's right. They prey on your fears yeah. and your anger. And so that's why all the news does is polarizes you to hate the other side. So it increases the perception of violence. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but I want to add to that, though, too, because, like, you, you know, you bring up the news, but it's not just the news. We, You, you said in 1990, you know, you, you didn't hear about this going on on the other right. side of there because the, the news wasn't reporting it. But it's not just the news. Like, it's the Internet. The Internet itself didn't. I guess it existed back then, but it was a military. Well, well, when did AOL come about? AOL was 90s. You could use the internet. that was just email. No, you could browse the internet, but it wasn't good. It was just slow. It was super slow. Okay. And I don't know. I may be thinking early 2000s. It may be early 2000s before you can really, you know, browse, browse. But like, point being, it wasn't good. Everything was dial up. It it took forever. Um, But... The fact that now you can, in seconds, be looking at anything you want, anything. You can be anyone you want on the internet. You can hide. You can change your identity. And it's like, I mean, you can find beheading videos from terrorism threats. You can find actual footage of all these shootings that are happening around the world. I guarantee if you dig hard enough, you can find all that stuff, especially if you know how to use the deep web. But like the access to this, this kind of violence and, and seeing it constantly, that we're just constantly inundated with it. Pair that with video games. You can put yourself in the shoes of whoever you want to be. Like I, I have a friend of mine that, uh, called Grand Theft Auto. He'd call it, uh, he'd never call it Grand Theft Auto. He'd always call it a uh, murder, death, kill prostitute because, <laughs> because that's what it is. It's just running around and buying drugs and beating people up on the street and killing people and then a bunch of prostitutes. And that's what Grand Theft Auto the game is. And so, like, you're that guy. You're some mafia member or you're some thug or you're some gangbanger and you're running around and you're just beating people up and, and doing whatever you want. It's, so it's it's almost like you're you're living hedonism through a virtual reality which is only going to get worse with all this metaverse crap they're trying to do but then think how much how much worse music is with i mean the most and look i'm not gonna try and hate on rap here but i mean i made a rap playlist the other day okay and and here this is kind of my repentance here i I actually said this at at uh we had like a a youth a youth group thing and i was talking about music and how violent music can be and how sexual music can be and i made a i made a rap uh playlist a couple weeks ago of like early 90s rap that i just remember listening to when i was like Mm -hmm. a teenager and after i got done plugging all the songs in i like looked at my playlist at large and there was an explicit label on every single song wow you can't do that with any other type of music like rap especially is about sex and drugs and money and violence. Yeah. Um, not to say that 90% of music in general isn't about sex or drugs. Right, right, But, right, like, right. rap's a little more on the nose with it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's a little more just out there. Um, and, and, yeah, I don't know. It, it, I guess what I'm saying here is, like, 
you can see whatever you want, you can be whoever you want, and you can listen to whatever you want at all times. Like our senses are under attack. Yeah. One hundred percent of the time now. Well, you can not only do that, there's a tendency to glorify that. Oh yeah. That's yeah. Well, I mean, think what what are all the top movies in the world right now? Or like everybody's favorite shows. Like Stranger Things. I just watched Stranger Things. And look, I'm not here to knock Stranger Things. Like I actually enjoy Stranger Things, regardless of the fact that it's got plenty of stuff in it that is not good. Um but like I guess the thing that's bothering me is like I, I was talking about this a few days ago. We don't just like read things anymore because there is a difference between reading something and viewing something. Yeah. That like if I were to read the story of Stranger Things, it'd be like, ooh, that's spooky, that's crazy. But I watched a girl get her eyes gouged out and all of her limbs <laughs> broken and like slammed up against a wall and all contorted and, and just like the life sucked out of her. And like it was that's episode one of season <laughs> four. Spoiler alert. Sorry. It's well beyond the, the spoiler alert thing. But like, had I read that, it would not have affected me in the way that it did seeing it. In fact, like if the Bible were like word for word a movie, you shouldn't watch it. Yeah. Like if it not, showed everything that happens in the Bible, yeah. you shouldn't watch that. Half of it would be porn. Half of it would be like just a snuff film. You know? yeah, that, yeah, right. Like it wouldn't be good. Like there is something different about reading something versus watching something. And so, I mean, like, I think we're all kind of screwed up in that regard yeah. here in Western culture because we've just kind of gone so far with movies and television that we're like, we've kind of missed where the line should be drawn, I think. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. So a second thing that I discovered is at the same time that we have this unrealistic perception that violence is increasing in the U.S. when it's actually decreasing, we also are very naive in terms of global violence. Yeah, uh, We have a tendency to think, oh, look at terrorism, look how much it's affecting the states. Um. Here's a statistic that between 2002 2002 and 2019, there were just shy of a quarter million deaths from terrorism in the world. Of those, 1,200 occurred in the West. Now that's the U.S. and Europe combined. Yeah. That's one half of 1% in U.S. and Europe. And that's like 99% of what we, what we care Talk about. about. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what makes our news. We are not hearing, we're not interested, basically, well, yeah, in and things that are going on in sub-Saharan Africa and the tension belt of Africa and Asia. And just look at the places that are war-torn. And I'm glad you said it's that we're not interested in it because we just 
we just raised the fact that you can find anything you want. If you, if you want to learn about what's going on in Nigeria, right, now, you know, or wherever, like you can do that. You can get online and find exactly what's going on in any country in the world. But that's not what we do. We focus on our little corner, on our little pocket and how bad it is. Yeah. And then we polarize and we do what we do and we, we get tribal and weird and it, it's it's scary. And, and I mean, honestly, I think a lot of it, it's back to that heart thing, right? that we talked about at the beginning that, that the heart is it's wicked and it's selfish and who could understand it right we're all in that somehow so one of the things that we did during covid we learned to go online we were doing that before but covid just pushed us down that road a lot more now four in ten americans have experienced some form of cyberbullying. Okay. So it's now even infiltrated into our phones, into our, our communication with people. 11, no, no I was going to say Wait, what was that number before? 41% of Americans have experienced some form of an online harassment. I don't, I, that's way low. That's way low. What that is, is that's a bunch of people that are, they're not admitting that they get in scuffles on YouTube, or maybe they're just not bothered yeah. by it. But I'd say 90% of the time you leave a YouTube comment, somebody's going to chirp back and tell you why you're stupid and why you should go die. <laughs> like, I mean, that's just, it's the Wild West out there. And so 41%, that sounds way low to me. And it may be. This comes from... The Peace Alliance, and hear me which out. is a global thing. They're reporting what's reported to them. Right, right. And that's so a I'm lot saying. of people don't even talk about it. Well, that's what I'm saying is I'm not saying that their statistics are wrong. I'm saying I don't either people aren't saying that they've had bad experiences or they're just not phased by it. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Well, we mentioned that violence is up in 2020, in 2021. Uh, in most states, it grew by 30 to 45 percent. Some states, it grew by as much as 60 percent. Hmm. That's a huge amount of increase in just one year. That Say that, that stat one more time. Most states saw violence go up from um, between 30 percent and 60 percent. Okay. The vast majority are right at that 30 to 40% area. And that's most states. That's most states. I, yeah, I mean, I believe that. I, I, I don't know. I, so, something else that I'd like to mention that, that we haven't discussed. And I mean, we, we can talk about stats, but I, I feel like we, we need to talk like about the why behind the stats, too. Because we all see it getting bad. We all see it getting gross. But, like, why? Like, why is it so bad? I want to hear your thoughts on this. But, like, do you think another big piece of it is the fact that reality itself is being challenged these days? Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. Um, absolutes are being challenged. So if whatever I really want to do, I can do it. Violence becomes a perception yeah i can treat you in a way 
that I don't think is violent. And it's okay. You might think it is violent. But, right. But, but the people that would argue that, that that's all subjectivity, right? Like the new age, for instance. Um, and, and like most things at this point have been affected by the new age that it's kind of like a, you know, you do you, I'll do me. Don't, don't be mean to anybody. That whole mentality claims that there is no absolute right and no absolute wrong. But then at the same time, it all claims to know where the line's drawn. Like, oh, well, you know, but don't do that though. But don't do that thing though. And it's like, but what ground are you standing on? Like, where are you pulling this from? Are you just pulling this out of thin air? Like, where, how do you decide what is morally too far and what isn't morally too far? Is it all decided by, by society? Because you got half a society right now that thinks that if I don't call a woman that's pretending to be a man, a man, then I am hating that person and that I shouldn't be able to exist as a human being in this world. I should be canceled and I I'm evil somehow, but it's like, but where, where are these things coming from? Like, where are you drawing these conclusions from? Like this happens at the end of every great empire. Reality starts getting cha challenged. Yeah. It's, it's usually where they start blurring the lines is, is especially sexually that the lines start getting blurred and that the, there's, there's no longer, uh, you know, a true, you know, this is the way it is. It's what always was formally recognized as deviant behavior is now. Yeah. Well, is anybody really hurt? Well, no, you know, they're compliant. It's okay. They're, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, wait, like, why aren't we talking about that? Why aren't we talking about the fact that, that this is how every major empire falls? This is a telltale sign. And we're just not going to talk about that. But I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm thinking too much that people actually care about facts. <laughs> I've, I've got a <laughs> I've got a, a article here from Psychology Today. That's not a Christian magazine. Okay. It's, uh, it's uh, the title is Why Did Violent Crime Surge in 2021? One of the things that they mention is um, first of all. One of the common thoughts was that all of the focus on defunding the police caused an uptick in violence, and they were not able to find any any support for that. Uh, uh, places uh, where the police had indeed been defunded, uh, there was an uptick in certain types of crime, but not in overall violence. Violence appears to come from a different source. They mentioned that they're they're not drawing a cause and effect relationship here, but they kind of imply it. Depression and anxiety levels were four times higher in 2020 than they were in 2019. Now you go back to COVID and that's, you know, we're talking about catching a disease that uh, can kill you. So anxiety goes up, depression goes up, here at our church, we have one of our pastors is uh, also a uh, fire chief, mm -hmm. and he has access to some data. Early on, he was saying domestic violence is through the roof, um, and so was depression and suicide. So, you know, that that seems to be borne out when people are more depressed, when people are more anxious. There's just kind of a lowering of inhibitions they can become more violent 
I'm having to be really careful about how to, <laughs> yeah. how to talk about this um, because I don't want to say anything incorrect. And if I do, sorry. Uh, but it, it re look, I, I've suffered from like clinical depression. I, I currently suffer from anxiety, severe anxiety, like to the point that I thought I was having a heart attack a few weeks ago and went to the ER only to be told, eh, you probably slept on your arm funny and you're probably just stressed. You know, <laughs> like, like, like I've had, I've had some bouts with anxiety attacks, with panic attacks, stuff like that. Um, most of that stems out of selfishness for me. It's when I start getting too focused and, and I know that sounds mean and I know that sounds bad, but it's when we go, it's when all our thought goes inward. Everything goes inverted. I start looking at my own life. I start looking at my own future. Why am I not successful? Why am I not healthy? Why am I not happy? Why can't I be happy? And it's like, whether you intend to do it or not, it is this, all of your focus gets, gets brought in on you. And we're told biblically that we're not supposed to do that. We're not supposed to right. set our, our, our sights on ourselves and on our own lives. We're to set our thoughts on things above. We're supposed to, to, to think about heavenly things, right? And about others. Right, that we're to consider others as more important than ourselves. Right. And so, like, when you're doing that, when you're looking at the lives of everyone else, it, it becomes this thing of like, well, I have to be there for them. I have to help them. I got to be there to like help get this person out of their rut and help make their life better. And so there's no time for you to sit and dwell on everything wrong with, with me because there's always going to be stuff wrong with us. We're yeah, always going to be yeah, screwed yeah, up, yeah, yeah. but that's why we need each other. That's why we've got to focus on each other. And I'm not trying to belittle anyone that's suffering from those things, but Oh, it's very real. But yeah, right, we just have to we have to recognize though that those things are a product of of self-focus. And it doesn't make you evil for doing that. It it just it's the natural disposition of the human heart that we want to think about us and we want to worry about us. But Jesus is calling us to lay that aside and to focus on everyone else and him. Yeah. I've long thought that uh, the the core of sin is selfishness, and the core of Christianity is others' focus. One hundred percent focus on God, love God, love your neighbor. But that's what's so weird about Christianity is that it, there I I can't think of another another religion as selfless. Like even even the ones that everybody likes to think of as like so philanthropic and loving like buddhism and hinduism it's all about you becoming enlightened it's all about you detaching from reality and like it's it's all about you it's not about other people it you know and th there are like philanthropic areas to it where it's very peaceful it's very passive but with you at the center of it you know yeah. so like i yeah. mean it, it's it's just odd to me how how people can look at that and think that that is somehow more loving, more kind than to say, no, 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 no. Other people matter more than you do. And other people matter more than I do. And like the, the, and I've said this before, but the funny thing is when, when we, when we start looking at everybody else as more important than us, if everybody did that, nobody's unaccounted for. That's right. 
because somebody's looking out for me. Exactly. I don't have to worry about me because they're looking, they're out, looking for me, out for and me. And I can look out for them because they're looking out for me. You know, like, yeah. because that's the other thing is we don't see ourselves as we truly are most of the time. We yeah. make ourselves out to be like these heroes of our of our own stories. And it's like, we're not. We're not. And, and we, we generally... We look at the sins of other people and we judge them more harshly. But when we do the same things, we give ourselves a break. What if we stopped doing that? What if we looked at the problems in other people and thought, man, I hate that they're struggling with that. How could I help them get through that? And that we'd started looking at ourselves and going, man, I really, I really need somebody to, to come alongside yeah, me and help yeah. me because I can't fix me. So, Zach, what do you think when a person is violent? Why are they violent? It's coming down to that first quote over and over again. It's a lot of things. It's a lot of things. But at the end of the day, it's it's the human, the human heart. heart. It's the falling condition of the human heart. We are self-focused. We, we follow our emotions and let our emotions guide us. And we cast aside logic and reasoning. And God is a God of both. He's a God of emotion and logic and reasoning. But they all have to work together. For the good. They can't just, we can't just pick one of those things and run with it. Because if you're all logic, then you're cold and you're unloving. But if you're right, all emotion right, right. and you're no logic, well, then you can just believe whatever you want. And you're, right. you're always going to get tossed around like, a, you know, what is it? A, a man who builds his house on sand, you know, yeah. it's just shifting and it's falling apart or getting blown about by each coming wind. Right, 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 right. So if a person is violent, they're trying to punish somebody else, do you think? Are they? No, no, uh, maybe sometimes. I mean, I don't, it's so case by case, right? Because some people, there's a lot of hurt people out there Yeah. that they're tired of hurting and they want other people to hurt. And so maybe, yeah, maybe some people want to punish other people. Maybe some people want other people to hurt like they hurt. Maybe some people um, are lashing out for attention. Maybe some people are not maybe they're chemically imbalanced because they i mean because look we can't we can't dismiss mental illness that's right. definitely a yeah, part of yeah, this too yeah. right like that's got to be rampant um i mean i'm i'm looking at the shooter in the greenwood park mall sure right he he walks and he takes an hour to assemble he, he snuck his guns in past the guards uh in a duffel bag disassembled he goes to the bathroom he assembles uh two guns takes him an hour to do it and then he calmly walks out and just starts to shoot people that he doesn't know uh he, he's never met but he terminates their life and i i ask myself why and i don't come up with answers i mean i don't, I don't think you're going to i mean but so so here we're coming back to that again though you're looking at the sins of somebody else you're saying, why would he do that? And I'm saying, maybe that's not the right approach. Maybe, maybe it's not about trying to understand what's wrong with other people. But if we took as much time looking at what's wrong in other people, if we took that much time and invested it in loving the people around us, if he had people around him doing that for him and speaking truth into him, I'm not saying that would change it, but I'm saying you got a better chance of changing it yeah. than if he... I, well, that makes sense. I don't know much about his home life. I don't know. I'd be interested. We probably should have looked into this because I didn't think of it until now. There's nothing out there. There's nothing? No. I bet he doesn't come from a great background. 
I bet his life's not great because guys that do stuff like that generally don't come from great backgrounds, generally don't feel very loved, don't have people in their corner fighting for them, pushing for them, loving on them, helping them grow as people. Um, that's, that's generally the case. I don't know his. I can't speak to that. But it all comes down to we, got, we are messed up. We got messed up hearts. And we live in a world that, I mean, can you really, if, if, if he's coming from a godless background, right? Like he doesn't believe in God. And I can only assume that he's not a Christian if he's going to walk in and shoot a bunch of people. But if that's who you are and you look at the world around you and all you ever see is, oh, look at the Christians. They're all going to their baseball games and they're all living their lives and they're all you know, just doing what everybody else are doing. They're going to their PTA meetings and they're living in their middle class, middle class neighborhoods. And they're, you know, living like, you know, they're like everybody else, but they're telling everybody else that they're wrong and that they need to live like Jesus, but they don't look like, they don't look like Jesus. And then they don't look like, I think Jesus should look (laughs) right. right, Like, like I think Jesus should look right. And then, and then you look to your far left and they're all canceling each other and they're all hating people and they're all canceling the other side. And you've got this like war of like what even is reality anymore. The whole world has got to just look like a big giant ball of chaos to that kind of person. Right. And so my thing is, if you just had a couple people in your life that were like legitimately living as these selfless people that were like stable and they could logically work through things and say, yeah, I don't understand why the world's so crazy. It's just kind of how messed up people are. But I know this guy named Jesus and, you know, like to just come alongside that kid and try and make his life a little better. I, I can't help but think that maybe there would have been a different outcome if he had just a couple people in his life, maybe just one person in his life that he could see as this like stable foundation in this ever changing so super screwed up world is that i mean is that a fair take you think i think it is and i i think what i hear you saying is take a look around yourself and and if you see somebody that's kind of a loner kind of a maybe depressed maybe anxious uh somebody that's an outlier not not your average normal whatever that is uh uh, person, just try to get close to them. Try to be a difference for them. Right. Cause I'll tell you straight up, like back when I was in school, I was mean to those kids. Yeah. I would, yeah. I would make fun of those kids because yeah. they were, they were different. They, yeah. they didn't have like the social skills that a lot of us did or, you know, and, and like you'd pick on them and it's like, that's what everybody did. You did it. Cause that was the cool thing to do was be mean to the weird kid. And it's like, how how many of those kids have a horrible thoughts? You know, like sure. I, if not hurting others, hurting themselves. Yeah, and and hear me out too. I mean, I think the world we live in. Well, <laughs> I, I've met a lot. Of, I've met a lot of high schoolers. Yeah. You know, working with the youth and stuff here at the church, and they're so much more like empathetic than I I was or my friends were mm-hmm. growing up. So I mean, there is hope. I think in ways like that. But I, I fear that we're shifting too far to the other direction now 
where it's like, you know, everybody was super mean, everybody, you know, everybody was hateful, whatever. But then you go to like so empathetic that you never speak truth into anybody's life, which is equally damaging. And it's like we got to we got to quit just like shifting all the way from one side all the way to the other side. Like, and we tend to do that. The pendulum it swings, swings and we far. swing with it. Right. It's like we can't just go from one extreme to the other because that just always throws it all the way back to the other side. We got to find the center. You got to figure out how to love people. And the, and the one way to love people is through grace and truth. That's what love is, that it's speaking truth to people. But if your truth isn't in love, then you're wrong and, and you're just going to make them hate you. Right. But then if your grace isn't rooted in truth, then it's not really grace. It's just letting them do whatever they want. And so it's like we have to have equal parts both. And we're so bad at that because we are not. It doesn't come natural to us. That that yeah. can only come from God because we don't do that. We're not wired for that. So what's the answer? What's the solution? Jesus. There's <laughs> your, your churchy answer. But, I mean, it's true. Um, yeah, I mean – the way I've been kind of thinking of it is this, like, and, and sorry, we got like, part of this is political. It has to be because like, this is not just a spiritual problem. This is like a world problem. And I'm going to keep saying it over and over again until people actually believe it. But you cannot separate the political from the secular. They are sorry, the religious from the secular. Yeah. They're one. They're one. That yeah. means politics are a religious matter. If you're a Christian, there is a Christian stance on just about every political issue, and you can't get away from that. So people that try and, like, separate politics from religion, you can't. That's not possible. The Bible doesn't have a place for that. And I'd go on to say it's not necessarily that the Republican stance is no. the Christian stance. No, no, no. <laughs> well, well, it, it's tricky, though, too, because, like, conservatives— so many sure. conservatives will say sure. one thing, sure. but they say it because they want to get a rise out of you. It's like, right. like, do I really think Donald Trump was like a, a picture perfect version of what a conservative looks like? No, I think he ran as a conservative and he's probably got very, very left leaning ideologies as well. Right. But most of these guys, they're politicians. They run on on one ticket right. and they play on your your beliefs. So, like, yeah, I agree with most conservative ideologies, but if you good luck finding me a politician. I believe that actually embodies those things. You know what I mean? But that they're people and people are screwed up and that's right, how it's always right, going to be. Right. So I'm not even trying to get political on that way. I'm not trying to tell you who to vote for. What I'm saying is like the Christian church started medical science, right? Yeah. We yeah, started yeah. science. We, we started, started universities, universities, education. We started, did we start hospitals? We had to start hospitals. Probably. Right? Probably. I don't know that one for sure. But my point is, like, the, the Christians ran everything back in the day. Yeah. All this stuff that we now, that, that even the secular people, that the, the left-leaning atheistic people of the world hold so dear, like the universities, those were the churches originally. And what happened was we got lax, we got lazy, and we just kind of let the world take all that stuff from us. And now we expect governments to fix the world and politicians right. to fix the world. But Jesus is in charge and he's the king and he makes the rules. So it's kind of silly for us to say, yeah, Jesus is my Lord and my savior. But, you know, 
the president says this, so I guess that's just the way it is. When I read Bible verses that say that the Father put Jesus at his at his side above all things in this earth now and in the next life, right? And so it's like, well, wait, who's the real authority? So what I guess I'm saying is like, we expect the world to be better. We expect the world to change. We just don't want to be the ones to do anything about it. Right. And if we want the world to be better. We got to do something. It starts with you. It starts with yourself. You as an individual listener, me too. I am so screwed up. But like, and this is something I'm really trying to come to grips with right now is like, what's the first move? Like, how do I start like being better? How do I start loving people better? Because like, I'm aware of it and I still don't do it. So like you, me, we each have to start really looking into the lives of the people around us and regarding that as more important than my happiness, than, than my purpose, than my future because Jesus has called me to love those people. And probably more effective at eliminating violence than going to a rally. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, look, rallies are cool, and um, and I'm good with it. Like, we need those. There's a time and a place for that. But if that's all you're doing, yeah, how, you're not helping anybody. You showed up and you were a voice in a crowd one day. That's cool. But how much more beneficial would you be to go sit next to the weird kid at school? And and make friends and understand that, you know, maybe they don't think like me and maybe they aren't exactly how how I would act in this situation. But they're not weird. They're just, they're just in, not like me. Invite the guy that he always sits at his desk eating. Invite him out. Yeah, maybe he doesn't have great social cues. And that's what 90% of the yeah. people we consider weird to be is they don't know how to be around other people. Right. Well, guess how they learn? By being your friend. I read a book one time by Daniel Goleman. It's called Emotional Intelligence. Um, he's a psychologist, and he just uh, makes some observations that the smart people are not always the ones that understand emotionally how to, I'm going to say this wrong, but how to work people, how to, how to understand people, how to get them to do what you want them to do. So smart people aren't necessarily the best bosses. Uh, the people that have what he called emotional intelligence uh, are the people that understand people get to get to uh, uh, they can identify what they're feeling. They can empathize with them. They can actually help them to change. But the point is that he did a study of bullies and what he discovered was that most bullies were horrible at reading other people's emotions. He would show them a, of a uh, picture of a boy who's frightened to a, a normal kid, and he'd say, oh, he's scared. Show it to a bully, and say, he's mad. He's mad. Yeah, he's mad. I better hit him before he hits me. He began to teach the bullies how to read body language, and the incidence of bullying went down. So sometimes... Seeing that person that's just sort of stuck by themselves, they don't have the social awareness, the social understanding, doesn't come natural to them, help them out. Well, and that's the other thing, too, is, right, like, many bullies, many people that grow up angry with other people, hurt. they say hurt people hurt people, you know, we've right. all heard yeah, that yeah. growing up. Yeah. But, like, if if you're in a bad home situation where your parents don't treat you well, where they don't love you as they should, 
you only ever see a couple of right. emotions and they're right. negative ones. Yes. So how would you ever know what, what like kindness or what happiness or what sadness or what those things look like if, if all you ever saw was aggression from somebody. And so like the way you learn that's by being around people that love you, like love legitimately transforms us. So I guess, you know, I, I said all that, that we need to be like others focused, but we also need to stop being afraid. Because when we read scripture and hold on, I got to find the verse. I'm going to do it. Uh, there is no fear in love, but perfect oh, love yeah. drives out fear because right. fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Um, First John 4, 17. Yeah. Something like that. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful that that when you truly know love, you stop being afraid of punishment. Like when you've known the true love of God, yeah. where there is no condemnation, right? That's the kind of love you start showing other people. That even when they hurt you, even when they wrong you, you don't hate them for it. And you don't punish them for it. You just love them. And, and you say, look, I'm a mess. I've messed up a million times in my life. I'm not going to hold this person accountable for that. I'm, I'm not going to hate them for that. They're, they're just a fallen person like me. Yeah. Um, they, yeah. I, I'm glad you brought up emotional intelligence. We don't invest. We don't invest enough in that. No, we don't. We don't try to find out what another person is thinking, and that's it's kind of the start of everything. Or I, I don't even think we try and understand why we think what we think. <laughs> that's true too. I think we just go, well, this is just how I am, and this is how it is, and I'm, yeah. I can't change. Deal with it. And, and man, <laughs> I run into that so often, and I've thought that way for much of my life, yeah. and now I'm at a part, point where I'm like realizing that I'm just this big screwed up mess and it's like but honestly there's change. a freedom in that though right because like when you're at the bottom of the barrel when you're like oh i'm garbage cool can't get worse <laughs> than this i can only do better and jesus still loves jesus still loves me anyways oh and you're telling me everybody else is garbage too well i guess i probably shouldn't hate anybody either i guess i'm just <laughs> gonna start loving people like i know that's like a really simplistic way of putting it but i mean that's the idea right that we're all screwed up we're all <laughs> All of us are screwed up. We're all hypocrites. We're all liars. We're all terrible people. And Jesus loves us. And so we should love each other. And so it's like. I I can't help but think. Have you ever seen the Red Green show? It's a show out of Canada. It's this it, guy, Steve something or other. But yeah, I like plays this character, Red Green. It's a start at the end of every show. Uh, he goes down to his basement and uh, they have the man club that comes together and they all stand up and they recite the man vow. I'm a man and I'm sorry, <laughs> but I can change if I have to, I guess. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of where we are. Isn't yeah. It? <laughs> yeah. And we need to lay that down and we need to go, I'm sorry. And but I I'm will sorry for change. real things that I've done. Right. I'm really sorry. I'm actually sorry. <laughs> and I actually can change. <laughs> but not alone. Yeah. And that's kind of what this yeah. whole thing's about, right? Like, look, man, this was supposed to be about violence. And it's. I feel like it's turned more into, like, don't be selfish and go love people. But, I mean, like, isn't that what Jesus told us to do? It wasn't that his solution for everything. When Jesus is getting crucified, he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what yeah. they do. 
when's I mean, the last incredible. time dude i get cut off driving down the road and i'm like ready to flip <laughs> the guy off you know what i mean like i'm mad I'm just glad i don't have a handgun by me <laughs> <laughs> but like that's where we've got to be we got to we've got to seek to be like jesus and, and like he's calling us to be like him and we've got to start making this world in his image and be, and 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 we've got to put elected officials that are going to actually uphold the laws of god and we've got to strive to to take back foundation we don't we shouldn't expect the government to take care of the poor and the needy and the sick and the weak we as the church should be doing those that's our job that's our job we have been commanded by jesus to take care of the widows and the orphans and the sick and the people that need us and to go out and spread the gospel and to to show people life and to love them and make them more important than us and the thing is you can hear all that and go oh well i'm i i totally agree with all that and i hope the pastor at our church makes a program for that so we can start doing that exactly soon. or you can go wait god is in charge that jesus is the king of kings and the lord of lords right now and he is a king above all kings on this earth and he's commanding me to do that if if the president of the united states told you to do something would you do it well why won't you do it when the god of the universe tells you to do it like <laughs> That's and I'm not condemning anybody because we I do the same thing yeah. right yeah but I, I do want to I do want to read this verse really quick and and I think we can be done but um I just want to put this in perspective this is uh, Ephesians one says I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe Him this is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. And seated him in the place of God's, uh, in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church, and the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself that's right now yeah. that's right now what if we lived like we actually believed that and we didn't just say it and go well i'm a christian because my parents were christians no do you actually believe that right now because that matters and we're happy to leave you with that happy happy <laughs> thought um we didn't solve any world problems i'm no. aware of that and boy more than that any other episode um you know, take what we said here with a grain of salt, because we we kind of ran all over the place and we probably made some blanket statements. But the one thing that we'll stand by is we got to love people. The answer to violence today is really looking for that person that's kind of alone and stand by him, sit by him, invite him out to lunch just become a friend and not even the person that's alone i mean maybe the guy that's a jerk at work just go yeah. out of your way to not be a jerk back go out of your yeah. way to be nice back or your family or friends that go to church you know maybe once a year and say that they're you know believers but then nothing in their life reflects it well go be a bigger part of their life and show them yeah. what it really means to follow jesus and bring those people alongside you and help. But we got to disciple other Christians. Like there's so many things to this. And like Randy said, 
don't take everything we said so seriously, um, except for the parts that were from the Bible. Those parts take them 100% seriously, and everything else take it like 70% seriously, or 80, or 90, depending on how right we were. You decide. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Um, we just want to thank our partners at Life Audio for uh, partnering with us in this and uh, we would like to urge you to go over to Life Audio, check out all their podcasts. They got stuff for uh, prayer and, and raising families and all sorts yeah. of good stuff. Um, get over there, check them out. And uh, if you got questions for us, send them to questions at becomehope.com or salty saints at becomehope.com. And uh, man, after this one, maybe there'll be a couple of questions. I'm not sure. We'll see. Um, but until next time, stay salty. Hi friend, are you stressed, maybe even worried about so many needs around you that you've forgotten you are worth taking care of too? Well, I'm Bonnie Gray, the host of Breathe, the Stressless Podcast. I want to invite you to join me as I share practical tips based on science, inspired by God's Word, to help you spark joy and restore God's peace and love to your soul. Subscribe now and go to lifeaudio.com.